0: Bismillah Rahmanir rahim As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Hamidau wa musalliyau wa musallima Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim finds himself in the home of the minister he goes to and fro with the minister to work and in the process, he's learning. He's learning the affairs of the dunya, the world, and how things work. And subhanallah, he's quite a quick learner. He's quite a brilliant child, as every Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when he reached the age that was a strong age, Ulama say this age was 40. The Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala received wahi and nabuwa also at the age of 40. So Ulama say, when he reached the age of 40, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him two things. He gave him wisdom and he gave him knowledge. It means that as individuals who are Pursuing a career or who have finished their career. So, you finish your matric exam, you then go into university, you probably pass with flying colors, you do your honors, you do your masters, you do your doctorate, you get your professorship, etc. And all of this is done before the age of 30. And so, now the individual starts assuming, subhanallah, that I know everything. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala on one occasion asked Musa alayhi salam, it was a test, oh Musa, who's the most, rather, an individual asked Musa alayhi salam, who's the most knowledgeable on the surface of this earth, right? So Musa alayhi salam said, I. And being a Nabi, he had a right to say that, but who's the most knowledgeable is Allah. Because on top of every person that has knowledge, is another person that has knowledge And ultimately On top of that person Is the being that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So Allah Jalla says Despite the fact that he had Received all of these degrees And learning from his adopted father We had given him in addition to that Wisdom and knowledge So individuals who have passed And have attained something Must never ever Subhanallah assume That we know will start put it very, very beautifully. He said at one of the jalsas, and he was the MC, may Allah grant him a long life, and he said, when I finished my sixth year in Madrasa, I came to the conclusion and I understood, I learned just how much I didn't know. <laughs> That's all that happened. When I finished my sixth year, all that happened was I learned just how much I didn't know. So, knowledge is an ocean. And if we get a little bit of that knowledge, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we must pray that Allah preserves that knowledge. And Muhammad is told, wa qur rabbi zidni ilma. Say, O oh my Lord, increase me in knowledge. Which means, subhanallah, that the knowledge of Allah jalla wa ala is something that is infinite. Okay? It's something that you can't even count. According to... The treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Musa alayhi salatu wa taslim, and Khidr alayhi salatu wa taslim, he placed a little pin in the ocean when they were on this boat. And the water that came up and he said, the greatness of Allah is like the ocean compared to the water on this pin, subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ All of mankind. Wama we know that the Anbiya والتسليم, had vast knowledge, and all of the knowledges were combined in the knowledge of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He knew all of that, and Allah jalla says, "Wama min illa We have not given you knowledge. All of people except a little bit of knowledge. And knowledge, according to Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah taala, he says, "Al-ilmu." Knowledge will not give you a little of itself until you give yourself totally to it. An individual went to an individual who was a pious man. He said, I went to an individual whose name was Wakia, and I complained to him about The poor, the lack of my ability, inability, my inability to memorize. So he said he advised me to leave out sin. He said, because knowledge is a light from Allah. And the light of Allah won't be given to a sinner. That's his knowledge. So when he reached this age, You often will find that people who are also around about that age, they get a bit wiser. And from there onwards, they just get wiser and wiser and wiser. Some get crazier Allah protect them. But generally, those who are on the path, you need to sit with them. They'll give you good, good advice, good examples. If they really mean well for you, subhanallah, sometimes you might not see it. You might not understand it. You might not agree with it. But there's wisdom behind it. There's years of experience. they seeing, subhanallah, with that which we are not seeing. It, it, it perhaps could be compared to if the individual has this knowledge at the age of 40, okay, and it's combined with the hikmah, the, the wisdom, and knowledge, and experience. The Prophet wasallam said, Fear the foresight of a believer, the believer who has knowledge, the believer who has wisdom, the believer who has age. Why? Because he sees with the light of Allah. So individuals who get connected to Allah, they have knowledge, they have wisdom, and they have experience. They see things that we probably can't see. The people who have white hairs, white beards, they too have seen life. Subhanallah And from the adab of knowledge Is that regardless of the individual Who has more or less knowledge If the one individual is older He needs to be respected Because in terms of knowledge He is elder His experience makes him elder Okay His old age makes him elder Elder than you as an old man May Allah grant us the ability to understand So anyway Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Because Yusuf alayhi salam was good, وَكَذَلِكَ najazil الْمُحْسِنِينَ When a man is good, in this way do we reward him? So we, we we saying, what is the path for salvation and success? And to become successful and to become good and to become a person who is favoured by people. Allah jalla wa says, Attach ourselves with Allah. Become the companions of the servants of Allah. Do that which is right. And you will learn, we will learn at the end of the juz, when he describes his relationship with his master, the man who is described as his father, you will learn exactly what he says that is so important in terms of why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded him in the manner that he rewarded him. The point is, anybody who does good, Allah Jalla says Allah will reward the individuals who are good how will, he reward, how will He reward them? We don't know Some might get a car Some might get a house Some might get a beautiful husband A beautiful wife Beautiful children Lots of wealth Some might not And that's the reward from Allah Subhanallah A person I was looking at a clip the other day And this person You might have seen the clip Uh, he had full-blown cancer from the top to the bottom and he passed away Allah grant him jannah and when they were asking him and he said he can't be more grateful for the gift Allah has given him and they said to him what do you mean it's a gift? He said it's a gift because it's a wake-up call and it's given me the understanding that I now have to leave this dunya but Allah has given me some time to prepare myself Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards the good doers those who do good Allah rewards them with many things and in many ways. Good doesn't mean money only. It doesn't mean wealth only. It could mean so many things. And sometimes, because we understand good and the reward of good to be wealth and the reward of good to be affluence. Affluence is a nice thing, by the way. Alhamdulillah. Sometimes it can even buy you happiness. But anyway, we we need to spend it, if we have it on, on, on on, on the deen, And also a little bit on the dunya, but but nonetheless, people normally translate the reward of goodness to be wealth, subhanallah. But if that's the case, then the sahaba weren't good; none of them were good. Many many times we find that because we don't look at the good within us, the good that we have, we miss interpreting that and thinking that we don't have good, subhanallah. Allah has given you health. Your neighbor doesn't have health. He's given you eyesight. Somebody doesn't have eyesight. You only realize this when we at the end of the day sit muraqaba and muhasaba. And we think, Oh Allah, I ponder. And I ponder on myself from my head to toe. And I ponder on my success, my salvation. And I ponder about my children. And I ponder about my cars. You know, subhanAllah, when you were growing up, okay, and you were thinking, we, we used to think, Okay, uh, when am I going to get a bicycle? I wish I can get a bicycle, okay? And then subhanallah, you worked in the holidays and then you got your bicycle and then we understood that goodness is the bicycle, right? And then we wanted for Eid, Eid's coming up. We wanted for Eid a particular tacky or a particular shoe. So what did we do? We worked again. What did we think? Goodness is the shoe and the tacky and we looked after it. May Allah grant us the ability to make our children work, not slaves, but to work so that they can appreciate it. Then you started thinking, subhanAllah, I'm going to primary school, and my uncle drives a Ferrari, and my father drives this car, and they all own their, their own, um, own their own homes, and subhanAllah, when will I get all of this? When can I be that individual who will also enjoy all of this here? And uh, it doesn't even come to the mind because you're doing mathematics, insta-maths in of two or standard three. You're doing uh, um, you know 24 plus 24 or you're doing algorithms or you're doing acute angles and you're doing um, all of these things congruent angles and whatever the case might be and you're kind of when am I gonna get a car okay and and when am I gonna even get my learners and when I'm gonna get my, my my license and I don't even see this happening I mean I wonder I wonder if this is all going to happen rather I might as well leave school get a job so I can see to all of that immediately but anyway we go through all of that subhanallah and then we don't see things happening but a few years later you're living in a home you have a car you have a second car you have a wife just take a third car that's about it <laughs> okay <laughs> leave everything else so you have a wife you have children you have a good job a stable job Subhanallah you have food the Alaihi Allah said a time will come when if a man has shelter and he has clothes for the day and he has food for the day he should consider himself the king of the world. So we're thinking that I've got to have a big house. Subhanallah. Because I'm living in a small house. There are people who don't have homes. When the anbiya of the previous generations would speak about the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu and how long they would live, that they would live for 60 to 70 years, the people said to them, to their to their nabis to the anbiya they're going to live for 60 to 70 years like are they going to even build houses because it's such a short time what are they going to do in that time right so anyway we see and we think of good as perhaps only monetary value but when we really think about it subhanallah we have so much more we have we have health we have the wealth that is our children we have good partners we have good marriages. We have extended families, subhanallah. Eid day, we all get together. Maybe now and then we're missing somebody at the table. But, but we remember the smiles. We remember the good moments. Uh, we think about all of that. We, we ponder. We think about how that person kept the family together. We are all sitting on the table. All the uncles, all the aunts. It's a wonderful celebration. There's all of the food, subhanallah. Isn't this Allah rewarding? And why is Allah rewarding? Because there must have been some good from somebody in that family. There must have been some good that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed this to happen. So, maybe we won't get the reward of the Anbiya. We won't get the reward of the Sahaba, maybe. But we're certainly being rewarded by Allah. And because we think reward differently, we're forgetting that reward has many, many forms. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability... To really look at things every day. Muraqaba. Firstly, muhasaba. Think of the, the deeds during the day. What did I do today? Did I smile? Did I, make, did I make dua? Did I cry? Did I make my salah? Did I make tasbih? Did I do istighfar? Did I do durood upon the Prophet? Did I pick up some difficulty away from the way? Did I speak to my parents correctly? Was I rude to anybody even though they were right? All of these things, did I do it? Was I a good Muslim today? And then muraqabah to think about death, to think about what is going to happen, what has happened, what is going to happen. How am I going to leave this dunya? In what condition? Nobody knows, subhanallah. Man, imagine the man, for example, he's, he has a phone, he's in the bathroom, he's watching pornography, and then he has a heart attack and he dies, subhanallah. And then, obviously, people have to come and they've got to take him out. And here's the scene playing. What condition do we leave this dunya in? Well, the person meets up in an accident, right? So in the accident, he's got the music blaring. Subhanallah, is that the way we want to go? So this muraqaba and this muhasaba is very, very good because it teaches us to also recognize the favors from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> So the woman, the minister's wife, very beautiful woman, and Yusuf alayhi salatu wa taslim is a very beautiful, handsome man. According to narrations, Allah had taken beauty, right? And had split the beauty, half was used to create Yusuf alayhi salatu was salam, and the other half was used to create the entire dunya. All of the creation. So if anybody says you're ugly, don't worry, Allah put some beauty in you also. We're all beautiful. Because Allah used us all, created us all in that image. If you want to talk about it. Now we have Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. Imagine they didn't appreciate him when he was a young boy. The minister saw something and he appreciated him. Now all of a sudden his value is appreciating to such a level where the woman in whose home he is living sees him in a totally different angle. When he reaches this age, she, she can't control herself. So she closes palaces, don't have one, one door, they have doors. So she closes all of the doors, right? And she keeps him in seclusion. And she says to him, come, take advantage. The Prophet wasallam says, a man, subhanallah, that will enjoy the shade of the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a woman who of high standards, beautiful, calls him and she says, Do as you please. And he says, Fa qala inni And he says, I fear Allah. That individual will enjoy the shade of the arsh of Allah. In the incident of the Ashab al-kahf, when the rock had to move, so they said, let's look at the actions that we did and use those actions that were done solely for the pleasure of Allah and make dua through that action. So one of the people... Not in the Ashab al-Kahf, there was an incident where the three people had been locked in a cave. The Ashab al-Kahf is the sleepers. So, one of the incidents was a person, he made dua and he said, Oh Allah, on one occasion, a very beautiful family member of mine came to me to ask me to lend some money to her. I said to her, I will lend you the money, but in terms of repayment, you must allow me... To do that which is not normally permissible. So she said, because of the necessity and because of her position that she was in, she said, okay, she agreed. So he said, in this condition, as she was laying down and as I was coming on top of her, she said, Ya Abdullah, O servant of Allah. Fear Allah. He said, "O servant of Allah, fear Allah. He said, Oh Allah, when she said that, not only did I get up out of fear, I said to her, Go, the mistake I have made, please forgive me, and the money that I have given you, you can take it without returning it to me. He said, Allah, if I did that only for you, and your pleasure, Oh Allah, forgive me, and let this rock move a little. And the rock moved a little. This is when a person stays away from zina. When a person keeps himself chaste, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts that person's condition in such a manner that he becomes from the mukhlaseen. One is to become a person who is with sincerity and the other is one who Allah makes sincere. So there's two different things. I try to become sincere and the other is Allah makes me sincere. I try to love Allah And the other is, Allah makes me His beloved. Subhanallah. I try to follow the Nabi. And the other is, Allah makes me a follower of the Nabi. It's almost as if Allah is saying, right, you just do this. This is you. Subhanallah. There's an individual, a story of an individual, subhanallah, with regard to Zina. Very beautiful student. And uh, a lady called him and she said, I need some help in the home. And he, and he went into the home. And when he went into the home, she said, I need some help with some of the, 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 the work at home just to help me, assist me. When he went into the home, she locked the door. As she locked the door, she said, You need to carry out this act with me. If you don't, I will scream. And I will tell people that, and I will accuse you of trying to rape me. So he was in a catch-22. But brothers and sisters, honestly, if you put me and you in a situation, I wonder... May Allah protect me, may Allah protect you, and Allah protect all of us. The ulama say, when there's two people in the room, then the third is shaitan, subhanallah. Azad Mawlana Ashraf al ta'ala used to say, and he was known as one of the greatest scholars of Islam. And he used to say, even if I am alone in the room with a female, I don't trust myself, subhanallah. So the individual said, okay, let me just go and relieve myself. I relieve myself and then I can be okay and then, you know, we can do whatever you have to do and this is only to, to, to not have a bad name. So when he went into the bathroom, in those days, they didn't have what you would have your normal convention, uh, conventional toilets. They had bucket systems and what he did was, subhanallah, uh, may Allah inspire us when we in situations like this to do things that will just elevate our taqwa. So, he—it's—it's it's not a nice thing to describe, but it's a beautiful way that he saved himself. He had taken that which was there, the excreta, etc., and he rubbed it on himself, right, to become detestable. And then he came out. And when he came out, she looked at him and she said, "How can I just get out of here? Just get out of here, okay?" But in the process, he saved himself. And then he was on his way to Darus to lessons. So what he did was, he went to the nearby lake, the river. And he had a bath as best as he could. He wiped off everything. He had a bath as best as as he could. And subhanAllah, when he thought he was clean, he went into the dars. As he was sitting in the dars, the ustad started giving the lesson. And uh, whilst he was giving the lesson, he stopped. And he said that, what is it that I'm smelling? A very peculiar, wonderful fragrance. Somebody has put on a wonderful fragrance, musk-like fragrance. So initially he didn't say anything, and he thought, Subhanallah, it might be me that Ustad is is trying to say it in a nice way that you know somebody needs to go bath. And he said, Ustad, look, this. He said, No, 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 the fragrance that I'm smelling. Is the fragrance from the noor of the Nabi of Allah sallallahu When a man stays away from zina Allah will give him That which is even the noor Of the fragrance of Muhammad sallallahu The first thing he says is الله, I fear Allah You and I will say You sure everything is locked properly <laughs> All the doors are closed Nobody can cameras are off. When is he coming back? He's going for the weekend. Allah save us. Allah protect us. Amin Ya Rabbil Alameen. And what does he say? He says, Innahu Rabbi ahsana mathwai. Two things. He said, My Allah. Innahu Rabbi ahsana mathwai. My Allah has been too kind to me. He's brought me till this particular place. How can I deceive my Allah? Scholars say the second interpretation was, "Inna, your husband is the one that looked after me.." And he's made my staying so comfortable. How can I eat and steal from the place that I have grown up in?"." And he says, "Subhanallah, those who are the oppressors. Will never ever succeed, and we take this in the context of the modern era. People say that the company won't know; they won't miss it. You take something home, take a laptop, maybe you take some paper, take another printer, you take some stationery, and the person say, "Where do you get it? ah from my company?" They don't. You say they don't squeal. Ah, they're not going to miss it. Such a big company, but aren't you afraid? No, no. Everybody does it everybody does it aren't you aware that Allah is watching innahu by giving you a job they were good subhanallah they told you or maybe they couldn't tell you in so many words it's a massive company don't take paper it's just normally assumed that you're not going to take paper we've made these small things so small that actually even the big things become smaller subhanallah so he says to her look the reason why I can't do it is because I will be deceiving my Allah and I will be deceiving your husband but more than that He says, my Allah has done something very, very special for me. And that is how he has protected me and brought me up till now. If an individual, subhanallah, again we mentioned this. If an individual, subhanallah, gives himself or herself over to Allah, that individual who leaves their matters in the hands of Allah will very soon see everything. We will very soon see the hands of Allah in their every matter. We ask Allah Jalla to protect us, our children, to guide us, our daughters especially, to keep them with ifa and chastity, to give them good partners, both the boys and the girls, and to make them good partners. وصلي